Hello, hello. Hey up, what's up, what's good? Que cosa sucede? Ni hao, pubiet. Welcome to the Any Given Runway Show. I'm your host, Randall Carlton Green. Any Given Runway celebrates the exploration of new cultures by highlighting some of the most interesting, intellectual, and artistic people in the world. Everyone has a story. Each person a scholar. We have an excellent show for you today with an unmatched guest who does a little bit of everything. Portuguese dancer, dance instructor, model, founder of Movement Lab. Oh, and also she's a harpist. Maria de Barros joins the show. As you can tell with her aforementioned resume, she's just got an immense amount of talents and is an individual who loves challenge, loves to learn, and loves to stay busy. She's a model with Central Models of Portugal and has appeared in a variety of media and publications. As a dancer, she has trained in ballet for many years and now serves and is an instructor. She's currently working on her PhD and during the last year decided to revisit her love with the harp and has since taken lessons from Zita Silva, another one of the guests on Any Given Runway. She has a packed and full schedule and incredibly overjoyed that she was able to share some of her free time to be a guest. On today's episode, Maria reflects on the last year and how the difficult times challenged her and inspired her to take up the harp again. Maria also reflects on her career as a dance instructor and teacher, and she remarks on the things that teaching dance has taught her about the art. Finally, Maria discusses the importance of having a variety of interests and how she's able to stay mentally fresh. She's an absolute gem of a human. It was such a lovely conversation, incredibly genuine, incredibly honest with her answers, and she's also very thoughtful. And as someone who, not only was I thrilled in chatting with, but she was someone from who I learned a lot. I'd like to for everyone to meet her, so let's go ahead and bring on model, dancer, harpist, and so much more, Maria de Barros. And let's learn. And today you're the person I get to learn from. Thank you. Let's share. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Modeling. When was it that you first realized this was something that you could do as a career? Uh, I'm not doing it really as a career, but I try to do it as much as I can. Uh, I started when I was 14. I did this little course for young people. I was just 14. And uh, it was uh, good for me because I learned a lot about my posture. I was a dancer already. I was in school, in ballet school. And uh, that's it. When I finished the course, I got an agency. Uh, and that's it. I start uh, working and working and working, doing fashion week here and small jobs. Uh, and that's it. Yeah. I never, I never travel a lot because of fashion, because I didn't want to. Also, um, because I, I, I always think that my focus is dance and teaching. It's what I really like. Yeah. Yeah. What were some of the things about posture that surprised you or that you learned about from modeling? From modeling. Um, I already had this this sense of my body because I was already a dancer when I discovered that I could modeling. But um, in fact, sometimes it's not really, really, it doesn't help you to be a dancer or a ballet dancer because you have this posture, this pulled up all the time that for fashion nowadays it's not the same thing they used to use it um, on na in 90s but now like 2010 20 we are most um irwin chic like kate moss disconstruct your image like relax relaxed body 
So sometimes it doesn't help me a lot, but when I see it from outside, like a photograph or a fashion show, I can correct myself. So I, I kind of like the both things to, to, to do it, yeah. to be more conscious of my body. What? Imagine I was, I was recording a, a commercial here in Portugal and we were like, two hours and a half just for me to get in with the box in my hands, just walking. Maria, you are too stretched. Maria, you are too straight. Okay, let's stop a bit. Let's do a break. And I was like, oh my God, I cannot walk. I'm a dancer. Come on, what's happening? Just to take a box and walk. Then I saw the, the movie that they were doing, they were recording. And I said, okay, I really need to be more relaxed. For me, I was totally not straight, totally, I don't care about my posture, I'm all curved. When I saw the movie, the final movie, the commercial, I was okay. So <laughs> sometimes wow. ballet is not the, the thing that can help you in posture for normal things. We do it differently, you know, eating, uh, talking with the hands, we talk a lot with the hands, dancers, and sometimes that's not good. <laughs> So I'm sure you mentioned that being a case where you had to do two hours of the same thing. What's the hardest aspect physically and, and also mentally for these long, long shoots that you have? Um, I really like to work. I'm not a workaholic. I really like to work. But um, um, for the shootings, I don't do as many as some models do. But... Mm -hmm. For me, it's always a different day, different people. So I'm always motivated because I'm going to know new people. I'm going to do a different job. I can be another thing on that job, putting off myself. So it's always, it's not stressful at all. I really like it. And um, yeah, I think, um, but when it's long, 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 I try to, to really feel my body. To, to, to save some energy because I know I will be shooting a lot of hours or recording a commercial or something. I really try to be in shape to, to shoot. Yeah. Yeah. How about being patient? Because it sounds like that's something you have to, you have to redo a lot of different things. So how has that helped you with just being patient and calm? You really need to be patient, yes, because sometimes the jobs can be a little bit... Um, uh, how do you say it? They are not very organized with things. Mm -hmm. So you arrive, you don't have a makeup artist, then they they are not there, or you have to do your own hair, or you have to do your own makeup. Here in Portugal, it happens a lot. Or can you do this? Can you do that? Yeah, but that was not on the schedule or on the the, the job. And then you have to do it. So we are always like trying to fit and to be kind and to do everything they ask. But in the end, you see yourself doing things that you are not being paid for. But, okay, it happens a lot here. <laughs> so then how do you handle that mentally to, to be in the right frame of mind? Because it's a lot of different things going on, but you still got to be there and you still got to be able to do whatever they want as far as what type of mood they want. So how do you mentally prepare? Do you, do you meditate or do you use other things for your mental health? I think in the last like two years, I learned to be very, very calm, not stressed at all. But um, yeah, actually, it's a good question because it's 
I try to live in the moment and I try to, now, I try to be positive before I was very negative. So um, I'll try to, in a few situations that you think they are being rude with you, you just need to be um, tolerant. Yeah, a lot of tolerance. Yeah, Patience and tolerance, I think they are the key for, for that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And wow. I think that if someone is talking um, not in a good way with you, you need to be, okay, maybe this person is passing through a lot or something happened to them. Like, let's be patient and tolerant and let's do this. Yeah. In the end, it's my image that is on the, on the job, right? So <laughs> also because of that. Not just this. Also. Yeah. Well, you mentioned earlier that modeling is just one part of your life. The other part that is of big importance is dance and teaching dance as well. So what have you learned as a teacher of dance that surprised you that maybe you didn't know before when you were just a dancer on your own? So I think that the most important thing that, I, that I've learned is that we keep learning and learning and learning. And it's like a cycle, you know, you learn with the students, the students learn with you. Then you always have to adapt to the students, the students to you. And it's a really a symbiosis. Is mm -hmm. that the word? Mm -hmm. That it's amazing about teaching and learning. I don't think that um, teaching, it's a good word. I think that we should call it like sharing or something. Okay. Because it's always, they share, we share, we adapt, they adapt, they learn, we pass through another thing, but we learn again with them. So it's always both parts. And it's a thing that it's not working if you are alone. I can be a teacher, but I won't be a teacher without my students, right? Otherwise, who am I teaching? <laughs> That's such a great perspective because I think maybe in years past, it was always... The teacher knows everything. Don't question the teacher. I'm right. You guys are here to just listen to me. I love your approach of, like you said, of, of sharing. When you are teaching and there's days where you're maybe not as confident or not feeling it, or you just had a rough day forever, how do you then put on a teaching face on the days that you might be struggling? Actually, yesterday I had that day. Okay. <laughs> so I was really, really tired. I, yeah. Of course, I love to teach, I love to, to share knowledge, to, to learn, but when I went, yesterday when I arrived to school, I'm in a public school, also I give private classes and I'm also in a uh, public school here, and uh, I was not really on the mood because I have these two students that they don't, know, they don't do nothing and they start yelling in the class, like screaming, then they give ticks to the door, and I always have them on class and I cannot put them like it's a road like <laughs> no, you can go but I always think I need to put them out otherwise it doesn't function the others are going to stay they are not do, doing nothing on the class so I put my anti-stress mode mm. and I go forward and forward and I try to ignore this these uh, behaviors but sometimes it's impossible, so I have to, of course, I have to scream, of course, I'm kind to them, but of course, sometimes I can be very hard to them. It flows, right? <laughs> it goes. What they need, I think I can give them, but sometimes it's hard, yes, of course. 
Then you try to, to, to make it happen by doing, if you do this, we do that. Let's go. Like balancing things, but sometimes they can go really tough on you. <laughs> yeah. What's interesting, I feel, is that previous generations, dance has always been something people enjoyed, but the younger generation now is obsessed with dance through, through TikTok and through various social media things. We didn't, we didn't dance as much as this when we were kids. So for you, how do you stay creative now in a world where pretty much all kids want to dance for whatever reason? Yeah. I think we are passing through the, the best time to create because we have everything. We have like, uh, I'm not talking about social media, but we have all the resources to find. I'm teaching like, um, uh, it's Officina Choreographic. It's like a space where, where I choreograph for the, the students. I have the older ones and the younger ones. And uh, sometimes I ask them, it's like a co-creation, and I ask them to create some movement, and the youngest ones, they start doing TikToks. So it's a thing that I cannot ignore, right? Because it's on their movement, because they see that, and then when they arrive to class, they will do that, or they are like stuck in that, because they don't see other things, other things happening. But, um, yeah, I think that um, those things I try to avoid. I try, I ask them to not to do it, really, for sure. No, don't do that. That is too, uh, how do you say, mimetics, right? Mm -hmm. the, the, the movements. But they, they try, they try, they try, they try. Sometimes I let some movements just say on the choreography but I try not to yeah. <laughs> it's a good thing like TikTok they they push the kids to I think to a new a new thing right it has its own positive things one thing I love about you is that you've got a lot of things that you're doing but you wanted to add something new to your life and that is playing the harp again I know this is something you did when you were young and you decided to take classes again with Zita Silva another guest of the show or what was it that inspired you to practice harp again? Well, in fact, I always wanted to come back, but I never told anyone because I have this tough time when I was 16, I think. I was in the National Music School. At the same time, I was in the National Ballet School. And uh, we, I was always with my friends, like uh, uh, dancers. And it was really difficult because we have such a, a, a huge schedule in school. We start at 8 a.m. and we finish at 9 p.m. every day. We have like 10-hour dancing, then we have Portuguese class, English class, philosophy. Then we dance all day through the classes. And uh, my schedule start not to, to, how do you say, to, it was over the, the schedule of music school, so I couldn't do both. And I didn't have ARP at home. So I, I kind of put the ARP aside. I never told anyone that I would like to come back one day. But it was like a dream because the instrument is so expensive. But uh, one year and a half ago, my mother, on my birthday, my 28th birthday, she gave me an ARP. So I started playing again. But it was a, a little bit hard because my, my ARP teacher, she died when I was 17. And every time I sit... On ARP, I used to stay a little bit nervous and sad. So I'll try not to push it too much. 
But when my mom, she gave me the ARP, I, I started playing again. But then I was a little bit lost because I, I put some sheets to play and I couldn't read them. I was really slow. Then the, uh, this day uh, I was on Instagram and I saw Zita and she was asking. I started following her. And one day she asked on an Insta story if uh, anyone would like to have private classes uh, through Zoom during the quarantine, the first quarantine. And I say, yeah, why not? So I talked to her and we started. And it was amazing because she's Portuguese. Right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> she was, she's from Porto, from the north. And uh, I just love her. I told her this. <laughs> I really like her. She amazes me every day. She's a really good artist. And I think I can learn so much from her. So... Yeah, it's going, it's, it's been a year that I'm with her having classes now. Yeah. How does playing the harp make you feel? I know you've got a very busy schedule. So is it for you, is it a period of, of relaxation or what, what, what are the emotions you feel when you're playing? Uh, when I'm playing, like time, it's like, um, it's going to sound a little bit romantic, but um, I think that time stops a little bit for mm -hmm. me when I'm playing. So last, uh, like two, three days ago, I was telling Zita, uh, I give this group classes in the end of the day on Zoom, uh, dance classes, and then I start playing. And uh, I was playing until 1 a.m. Mm. And I was like, oh, it's 1 a.m. I have to sleep tomorrow, wake up early, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so the time stops, really stops for me. But I'm, I would like to have more time to study really study i really need to study because of my fingers i'm changing technique with silva i used to have french technique now uh, i'm working on a russian technique that it's a little bit different for the thumb and um but yeah when i'm playing i it's a lot of emotions because it reminds me still a lot my my teacher my first teacher so she was really really sweet she used to take me with her through the weekend uh, she appears in my house to, I don't know how to say, to put the strings as well uh, to a finale, I don't know, I'm sorry, in English, the arp to, to put it well, the, 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 all the strings. To, to, uh, to tune. To tune, yeah, sorry. Yeah, to tune. And after concerts at like at midnight, then she took me out for weekends, she took me to her teacher's. Uh, harp teacher that it was Clotilde Rosa. Uh, she was an amazing co uh, com composer from the 20th center for harp and the other instruments in contemporary music and um, that's why it's so special for me yeah. they were both of them they were really special to me so when I play I kind of feel I reconnect with their mom memory you know it's oh, well, that's that's very sweet to hear what what were their names uh, Andrea Marx, but uh, she died from cancer. And Clotilde Rosa. Clotilde, she died, but she died like with 86, I think. Mm -hmm. And she, she composed a, uh, two music for me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing those. Thank you for sharing that, those stories. And I know that, um, like you said, it, it, does, it is romantic, but that's what harp's supposed to be. And that's what music is supposed to be. There's, there should be those feelings. And, and yeah. I love that for you. Through, through dance, through music, through modeling, you have been to a lot of different places around the world, especially Europe. So for you, which are the locations that uh, have left the strongest mark on you emotionally? 
emotionally, I think, uh, well, not because I'm going there every year, uh, but uh, Florence in Italy. Like, I love that city. I could live there, I think. And I, I don't say this much because I love Lisbon. But every February, in the end of the, the month, I go to Florence to work with a brand that is so dancer. I'm their ambassador as a dancer and model. And uh, it's always so, so good because I can be with the other dancers and they are coming huge stars to the, it's like a fiera in, the, in, the, in Florence, a big fiera with all the brands. And so Dancer always invited me and a friend of mine from Brazil, another from Italy. And I have this privilege to share the stage with amazing dancers. So I think that's why Florence is so important to me. Then we have a lot of fun with the, all the team, all the people that are in Southern. So they are coming from Brazil, from uh, Sao Paulo, from Joinville. And uh, it's amazing. They are amazing. They are really fun people. So I think Florence, yes. I agree. Florence, one of my favorite cities in Europe. Yeah. Speaking of other great cities, Lisbon, where you're from. For someone visiting Lisbon for the first time, what would be your recommendations? Well, it depends, but uh, knowing Lisbon as I know, I think I, I would see the center, the center really quickly. Not really quickly, but then I went to Sintra. Sintra is a small village. Yeah, I know. Next to the sea, it's amazing. Like you have the palaces, you have the forest, you have the sea. It's, it's really, really amazing. Actually, tomorrow I'm going there. <laughs> oh, wow, wow. Yeah. Well, be sure to post pictures of Sintra because I know that's high on my list. I haven't visited there yet, but that's high on my list. How about for food and drink? Food and drink. I would really say the center. It's really nice now. Mm. Um, less touristic than before because of the quarantine and everything. Mm. But Cascais is also a good place to be. But then the, the nightlife happens in Lisbon. Yeah. The center. Yeah. Well, what should a visitor for the first time, what should they order? Mm, everybody likes bacalhau, mm -hmm. the codfish. Mm -hmm. Yeah, codfish. And uh, I think it's all, all the food is so good here in Portugal. So you can, I think you can order anything you like, <laughs> anything at all. Worth trying Dessert. everything. Yeah. Dishes, desserts, it's really, really good. Very cool. Yeah. I'm curious, very difficult year, very challenging year, but also a year to learn a lot. So for you, of the last 12 months, what do you feel is the biggest, biggest lesson that you've learned? It's a good question because I don't think that all this pandemic is going through a negative or a positive thing in me. I, I think I'm doing the same. Of course, I'm more, more times on my computer, but <laughs> I, I think I really, I, maybe I realized that we really need to, to, how do you say, to manage time because I'm doing a PhD and I could be more on my PhD working because I organized more my time, a little bit better my time. So, but I don't think I, I don't know. It's actually a difficult question for me because I think my life is the same, you know, <laughs> nothing changes 
have nothing has changed so maybe i think the best thing about this this period was the arc i think the pandemic not happened you might not have picked it back up yeah that's it i think it's the the, the best thing that happened to me last year yeah yeah what phd are you working on so I'm doing in a theater studies and I'm uh, but my my t my team my my study it's about the music in dance class in classical dance class so how it provides you the best the best you have to have the knowledge about music it's all 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 combined but uh, how it can provide to the student to the teacher to the the pianist the best the best music the best music to do the movements, I think. Yeah, Very cool. yeah. Very cool. Ah, oh, my name on Instagram, it's Maria de Barros dot A. Yeah, Maria de Barros Almeida, that's why. <laughs> I would like to, to, ask you, to ask you one thing, okay. or to tell you one thing. I think that is this initiative, initiative, it's right, the word? Yeah. yeah, initiative. It's really cool because I think people are staying a little bit in boxes. Like you do this, you just do this. You do that, you just do that. Mm -hmm. You cannot be both, or you cannot combine things. And I think I think that people are a little bit a little bit stuck in that in that mentality yeah. that you can do what you want, like you have time for what you want. People they all they always find time to do things of course you you need to to do an effort of course but uh, it's really cool the, the initiative that you are doing with those people that do several things and well, well thank you i think maybe previous generations it was you do one thing you do it your whole life and if you did something else it's like no you're not allowed to be a harpist you're a dancer and i think now people are realizing it's okay to do more than one thing you don't need to be defined like you said by in a box by one thing and for me, that's, that's how I want to live. I want to do everything. I want to be a harpist, dancer, singer, teacher, all of the above. Yes. They, someone told me a, a really stupid thing. They asked me, what do you do? What is your profession? And I was like, what is, what is your job? And I was like, okay, I'm study again. There's people that if they study, they say they, they are students. I'm a dance teacher, so I'm a dance teacher, but I'm also a dancer. Every and I played harp. I'm not, I don't, I, I'm not considering myself an harpist because I, I'm not living just for the harp. But I don't like to put it in boxes. Mm -hmm. And they told me, like, uh, so what do I do? Uh, what gives you more money? And I was like, I'm a model then. Yeah. <laughs> because it depends on the industry that you are in, right? But it's stupid thing. It's a stupid thing because what I do the most now is teach. It's to teach. Yeah. So now I'm a teacher. Tomorrow, if I win more <laughs> doing model, mo modeling, it's model. No, you can be everything. Mm -hmm. Everything, of course. What you can do, what you like to do. I, I totally agree. Money, and... money cannot define what you do or what you are. So. Yeah, I, I I totally agree. Yes, 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 yes. It doesn't like people. Uh, if you are going to see, see what you do, like, like okay, I'm a, I'm a daughter, I'm a mother, or I'm a, 
come on like what do you do i don't do nothing you spend your day at home that is not you stay at home so you do nothing at home like who you are it's not a, a job right it's who you are it's the whole thing i think um and that's kind of where the show came to the idea because even people who stay at home you do you do something when you're staying at home and what is it that you love what is it that you enjoy what is it that you're knowledgeable about and and for me i want to learn from that i want to find out what is it that, that makes you happy that, that makes you lose track of time like when you're playing the harp and you lose track of time all night throughout the the last year one of the most difficult things of the year is that we didn't know the answer for things so we didn't know like when the quarantine or the pandemic it was we're going to be locked down and it was well how long how long are we locked down for and no one knew the answer so so for you when you go through periods of uncertainty or doubt where you don't know the answer and that's frustrating what do you do when you don't know the answer or something i think during the quarantine that was an uncertain time i tried to create some goals mm -hmm. to achieve during that because i didn't want to think that i didn't know when it's going to end and i still but i'm still thinking that we have one more year of this <laughs> i think so and I, I don't think that the things are going to be the same I feel that when I'm teaching, I really like to, to choreograph uh, couples, and now I can't. And it's really strange to not, to not touch the other, to have a dance class, not touching the other, not, not giving the weight and touching the other with your weight. Uh, like the small kids, it's so hard because they come to you and they hug you so much with so much force, they are so sweet. Then we have to say, you can't do that because <laughs> the virus, <laughs> it's ridiculous. But uh, I think that the best thing is to, when you have, when you are passing through certain, certain, uh, certain times that you don't know what is going to happen, creating goals, it's the best thing you can do. And uh, goals are um, uh, points to achieve, to achieve, you know? I'm doing that with my thesis, actually, <laughs> because it's going to be so big that I sometimes I sit down writing and I write one line in two hours. So I really need to have some goals to go through it. And that's it. And not be so perfectionist with it. Thinking always that it's a, a work that it's always, um, it's going to be, of course, a book of 500 pages, of course. But I know that when I will defend it, I will think I could change this, I could ch change that. It's always changing and changing and changing. That's similar when I talk to artists and writers. You know, they, they say there's, you, it's never finished. Art is never yeah. finished. So you can always go back. This was wonderful. This was a lot of fun. I, I really think that this is important, really. Thank you. Because I think people are so in... I just do this or that. I have child. I cannot do that because I have child. Now I have like uh, several uh, students. I give them particular classes or online classes. Oh, it's really hard for me, Maria, to have class because because I have the kids. Okay, your kids are like ten years old. They cannot wait forty-five minutes. <laughs> Come on, people are very methodological with kids and kids they cannot do nothing like come on with 10 years old you can stay i was going alone to school like crossing the city now kids our days very protected with the kids parents are very protected and i think also like you mentioned they say well it's hard well it's supposed to be hard it's not supposed to be easy 
Yeah. Like if you really want to learn whatever it is, like the harp for you, it is very hard for you to find time to play harp. But it's supposed to be. You wouldn't care as much if it was easy, if you could just do it whenever. Like it's yeah, I wouldn't teach. I wouldn't dance. I would mo be modeling. Nothing. Yeah. Just one thing. I don't like to do just one thing. No, no. <laughs> Thank you. Really. And spend two days in sync, at least. Okay. <laughs> you promise me. <laughs> yeah, this was great. This was great. Best of luck on everything. I, I look forward to talking again, but thank you so much for today. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Much appreciation, Maria. Ah, oh, she was great, wasn't she? An inspiration for me and an absolute gem of a human. Be sure to give her a follow on Instagram at mariadebarros.a. My new book, Curiosity, is currently available on Amazon. Curiosity celebrates the knowledge that strangers have to offer. Everyone has unique expertise and endless wisdom awaits the perpetually curious. Featuring 200 episodes from any given runway show, Curiosity explores the diverse lives of athletes, adventurers, and performers. From daring voyages across the Atlantic to unforgettable performances in the West End, Curiosity celebrates the sophisticated thing we call life. Everyone has a story. Each person is a scholar. Thank you for listening. Fill up that passport. I'll see you on the road. Adiento. Randall has become like, you know, New York's favorite son. <laughs>